Hello and welcome to the Emerging Litigation Podcast. I'm Tom Hagee, your often cynical host. This is a collaboration between my company, HB Litigation Conferences, and Law Street Media, and Fastcase. Today we're going to talk about the Internet of Things. You've heard of it. It was in 1999, that was last century, last millennium, that uh, British technologist Kevin Ashton coined the phrase, Internet of Things, to define this network that we're now all familiar with, the thing that connects us and our stuff, our machines, our objects, our appliances, our pets. He also co-founded a place called the Auto ID Center while he was at MIT. I think everybody knows what that is. I wonder if anyone calls it a MIT. Uh, no. But as part of that, he and uh, I'm sure others uh, created a global standard for RFID. That is uh, radio frequency identification. Those are the transponders that help, most importantly, identify our dogs and probably track them too. I think my dog Shiloh has one. He's sitting right here. I'd ask him, but uh, I believe he's asleep. Our cat Leo has one too. God knows where he is. Uh, implanted at his shoulder. And I don't know if that's just someone was being funny when they put a ship, a ship, <laughs> when they put a chip on their shoulder, um, or that's just a convenient place to locate it. At any rate, um, these are also used to safeguard livestock. That makes sense. And lab animals, because you don't know where they're going to go after having God knows what done to them. So they're keeping track of lab animals. Yeah, they use these transponders to track products in the supply chain, the food chain, the food supply chain. Uh, so Kevin Ashton has done some other cool things. The um, Auto ID Center believes that the next generation of the Internet of Things can revolutionize global commerce, that it can provide previously unrealizable, can say that 10 times, unrealizable consumer benefits and problems, no doubt, too. But they didn't say that in their web copy. <laughs> of course, we know it's true, and that's what's happening. There are good things and bad things, as with so many things. But, you know, bad things can happen. Just ask the operators of the Colonial Pipeline. That's a thing. That's a big thing. A pipeline that sends gasoline and jet fuel, normally anyway, uh, but not on May 7th of 2021, when the data kidnappers demanded and received about $4.4 million in Bitcoin, thanks to their successful deployment of ransomware, the government issued a regional emergency declaration across 17 states and the District of Columbia to keep full, full, well, someone was fooled to keep fuel supplies open. We have plenty of full supplies. We have no shortage, but uh, this isn't funny. Um, it was the largest cyber attack on an oil infrastructure target in the nation's history. There weren't any in the 1800s, just so you know, so maybe we should go back. The DOJ apparently recovered about 2.3 million of the ransom. Well done, DOJ. Really well done. I can't even recover my passwords half the time. Smart objects have been around for quite a while, as many of us know, like our watches and you know, car alarms were considered smart. No one listens to them anymore. Um, so I think they're quite a bit less effective than maybe they once were, if ever. 
You know how uh, traffic lights, when you're going down a road and they're coordinated, so you if you go exactly the right speed, you'll hit green every time? I love that. I used to do that when I commuted uh, through Philly. I'm not going to tell you what street because, you know, that's really private. It's private information anyway, and it's a big deal. To hit all the green lights, you know, woohoo, something something you miss now when you work at home remotely. There's really no equivalent to that. So partly due to COVID, partly because, you know, who wants to pay for office space if they don't have to? I read a report by Statista that there will be 31 billion IoT units by 2025. That's just in a couple of years. And a boatload of revenue, too. I think they said, I don't think I read it. I don't know why I'm pretending I'm making this stuff up. Now at about $15 billion in revenue a year. There are also a lot of verticals that are adopting IoT. Um, you know, In addition to wearable devices, we all know about smart cars, smart homes, smart cities, and even smart industrial equipment. My God, could smart people be far behind? So with all these billions of connected devices, can we really protect our privacy? Especially when a lot of these devices are connected to the things we work on, like our mobile phones and laptops and tablets. You just wonder if we've given up. In some ways, people might think, you know, what difference does it make if somebody knows when I turn my lights off at two o'clock in the morning? That's really none of your business. I can't believe you asked me that here on this international podcast. But as far as tracking things, we all now know that Apple is giving consumers the option not to be tracked by the apps available on their app store. So it sounds like Apple either gave in to pressure or no, they, <laughs> they didn't give into pressure. Um, they, so I guess most of us don't want to track Appar- apparently not apparently in fact, more than 90 per six, 90 per six. That's a number between 90 per six and 90 per seven. Apparently more than 96% of people are opting out of having apps track them. I'd be curious to know who's letting which apps track them. Maybe if you have some special affinity for a, an app, you know. I was like, I like my insurance company. They can track me. But um, not having apps track us is really throwing a monkey wrench into the ad model. It supports a lot of these app companies. Surprisingly, not. Apple has managed to make more money through the move. How did they do that? That's a different podcast. And of course, lawyers have responsibility since we're talking to lawyers. They have responsibility too. Obviously, in the professional rules, I think it's rule 1.6. I don't think. I know because my guest told me so. Um, But you can't reveal client information. So what you have in your refrigerator, what could that possibly tell anybody about your client? Well, think about it. I'm sure we can come up with scenarios where that can happen. I can think of one right now, but it's gross. So um, we're talking about smart things. And fortunately for you, I have a smart person joining me to discuss smart things, this emerging, burgeoning, whatever technology, and naturally the law that is merging and uh, developing around it. She is two-time podcast guest, Catherine Radigan of Robinson Cole. She now qualifies for the complimentary emerging litigation podcast robe. Everyone wants it. She's a member of the Bidis. She's a member of the Binis. She's a member of the Business Litigation Group. Oh, boy. 
and the uh, the data privacy and security. Cyber. Catherine is a member of the Business Litigation Group. Uh, and the data, Catherine is a member of the Business Litigation Group and the Data Privacy and Cybersecurity Team and the Drone Compliance Team in the Rhode Island office of Robinson Cole. And uh, she advises clients on this kind of stuff. She provides guidance regarding privacy and data protection and conduct in connection with mobile devices, data storage technologies, mobile applications, location-based services. She assists with the development of website and mobile app privacy policies and terms and conditions of which, you know, things we all read every word of, and she knows it. She's also a contributor to the excellent Robinson Cole Data Privacy and Cyber Security Insider blog. I like it. She has a JD from Roger Williams University School of Law and a BA, magna cum laude, from Stonehill College. So let's see. Let's get to it then. My questions are, are going to be many and and varied. Um, and I want to know some things too, like uh, do dogs have privacy rights? What about a cow? Does Catherine have a smart connected home? I want to know that. And is skeeves a word? Let's find out. Ladies and gentlemen, two-time podcast guest Catherine Radigan with Robinson Cole. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Good. Well, Catherine, thank you for doing this today. Thank you for having me. You bet. So let's talk about what exactly is the Internet of Things. You know, I just moved into a, a new place, a new apartment building, as I was just complaining about all the noise that's outside my window. Um, and we have, uh, I can, you know, I can lock and unlock my door from an app, and I can also adjust my thermostat. And I know what the humidity level is in my, in my apartment, which is shockingly high. Um, is that an, is that an example of the internet of things? Yes. Oh, this is going to be really maybe relevant and scary to you. Our, our discussion. Let's, let's hope so. Um, <laughs> yeah. Internet of things like IOT sort of for short, but, um, really is a network of a bunch of physical objects with so things like you just described. There's thermostats and, um, lock, you know, locks that are, hooked up to your phone and we have different lights. We have um, automatic dog feeders. I mean, we have sort of a lot of different things that have sensors and software um, so that, you know, they're connected to each other. They're connected to an app and they exchange data over the internet. So the internet of things is sort of where that came from. But um, I, a statistic I saw the other day, and it's interesting, you say like the apartment building kind of sounds like we'll call it like a smart, a smart apartment building because you have these different, uh, you know, everything's connected. But uh, there are about 10 billion connected devices right now. And by 2025, they anticipate about 22 billion connected devices. So it's, wow. it's just growing and, and growing. We're all yeah. connected. Okay. So that's what it's it's all about. And uh, well, I'll save my questions for who cares later. Uh, so, so I guess this is the this is the question. How, how does it affect our privacy in our daily lives? Um, how does it affect our privacy? 
So, you know, it's kind of interesting because some people, I, I guess it's probably me and you, it's, it's really becoming harder to protect consumer privacy when you have Internet of Things because everything's connected. We're recording everything we do, not only maybe what we're saying, but um, video, you know, video footage and just even data about when you're turning lights on and off and when you're unlocking your door. So when you're coming and going and, you know, it's the, the increased connectivity it creates more data, which kind of as more data is created, there's less control, Um, you know, that it's something we sort of have to think about where we're using these devices, how we're using them and and the data it's collecting, because what is that kind of, it creates a different kind of profile on us for consumers and as professionals, you know, with our privacy. And um, we're kind of giving up that data to these companies and depending on what their privacy policies say, I mean, you know, they could be sharing it with other parties and it just kind of expands from there. So we lose um, that profile of, you know, that's really specific to our day and our daily lives. Like, so does, does everyone sort of know what we're doing now Right. <laughs> now that yeah. we're connected? So, yeah. I mean, just, just like in this case, people can know our comings and goings, you know? Um, and, and if you wanted to, get a get our schedule you can kind of tell when when we come and go of course we're always here because we never leave but um for other people who have actual lives and go out um it's it's a way to to track so that's that's personal and what about our professional lives is it uh, you know you're an attorney uh attorneys typically have a lot of rich information data that other people would like to get their hands on but what how does it affect uh, our professional lives yeah, so we use a lot of the device. Well, I'd say actually, I'll back up even more. We use a lot of these devices in our personal lives that are, you know, connected in this way. But with 2020 and everybody going home, right. so you may have had a separate workspace that, you know, I, I'm talking to you from my office right now, and I do not have any. You know, there's no smart devices. I guess my phone, mm-hmm. <laughs> which we could have a whole separate conversation about. But you know. Um, <laughs> And then, but it may be in my home, I have some, uh, you know, an Echo or a, a Google, you know, Google Home or whatever the devices are. Um, and I didn't really think about it before because I wasn't sitting at home, you know, having conversations that maybe are privileged or I'm talking to my client or, you know, you're discussing litigation strategy, whatever it might be. Um, now you're, you know, have you thought about what what devices are there and how that affects not only the privacy of, you know, your clients, the case, whatever it might be. Um, but also, you know, does that break any kind of privilege? So I think you kind of have to look at it one, one side as a consumer, the other side, your professional life. But when we're mixing them, it's definitely, you know, you have to kind of take a look at your workspace and and see uh, what companies, what third parties may be listening to what you're saying. Okay. I just took a look at my workspace because I heard something buzzing. (laughs) <laughs> Did, do you happen to have a phone that was buzzing? Oh, maybe. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Get an important phone I didn't, call. Would you like I to put your notice? That's like you have oh. better better speakers than I do. I <laughs> gosh. All right. Um, yeah. So so that would be a bad time if it was a client to uh, put them on speaker. Now that you're on a <laughs> on an international broadca- uh, broadcast and podcast. Um, so w- with lawyers speaking of that, do you have specific responsibilities when it comes to the internet of things? So generally, and this has been an ongoing discussion for a while with the use of cloud service providers and any kind of technology, but the, we have the, you know, professional rules of um, the rules of professional conduct and, you know, 
it doesn't specifically address privacy and cybersecurity, even though there's been some, you know, informal uh, ethics opinions and some some more formal issued from various states. I think it was up to like 30 different states had opinions on cloud use, but, you know, not necessarily this concept. So we kind of look to there's rule 1.6, which is just um, you can't reveal client information unless the client gives consent. So are you, you know, are you, giving away client information by, you know, you you accidentally say sort of a wake word or a word that sounds like your wake word on one of your devices. And now it's recording you and listening um, and who might have access. And will that ever be um, something that's discoverable? You know, are you, are you breaking privilege without even knowing it? So it's it's um, kind of cover, it, it would be covered under, under 1.6 and sort of our ethical obligations to our clients to maintain confidentiality. Okay. So, um, so do you have Alexa in your home? Are these questions uh, yeah. to you or uh, Google Home, smart TV, smart refrigerators? Do you have those? I have. I think this is where I think my background as privacy and cybersecurity lawyer is um, it contradicts itself because I <laughs> will tell you all of these scary things. But I have an Alexa. I have several. Let me think I have maybe four Alexas or maybe more than that oh at this gosh. point. We have them all over the place because they're connected to our um, our lights. And, you know, right. like that way we actually think of it as, okay, if you go on vacation or out of the house, you can actually put lights on and off or air conditioners or, um, you know, it actually looks like your home when you're not, um, you know, put the light on for for our dogs when we're, when we're going to be home late. So we actually have all these connected devices. Now, I will say, though, that once I sort of set up a space in my house and I train, you know, law firms on this stuff. I did, uh, I put, I disable, you know, the one that's in my, in my room that controls the lights, but, um, you know, kind of just had to turn it on and off. It makes it at least easy. You know, it's not, you, you know, whether or not you hit the button cause it's bright red saying like we, you know, it's a, a stop sign <laughs> sort of, mm-hmm. um, so I do have those devices cause I think that they're convenient, you know, some, another, even attorneys I've talked to, you know, they'll say, you can't just turn on the light. And I said, oh, I could, but you know, I, I like to just be able to tell my device to turn, to turn the light on for me, um, <laughs> you yeah. know, and control the, you know, how dim or how bright it is, but it's this convenience factor. I don't really have other, I'm thinking about, I mean, I guess there's a smart TV or at least the, you know, you can kind of talk into your remote, but I don't have a lot of the other appliances connected right now. We don't have the thermostat. We don't have like a, you know, a ring doorbell or anything. Um, I do have, what else do I have? I actually have a, a pet camera, which is, I have to say, it might be the creepiest thing that I have. Okay. Of course before. you do. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> what's, what's the pet camera do yeah that's just we've like not anymore and this is the other part i don't know why we have it anymore our dogs are older when they were puppies you could see if they're chewing something and you can scream at your dog while you're <laughs> while you're outside of the house but um you know these devices I, I really didn't think about it as much as once we started kind of being stuck in the house and especially working from home um, a device I didn't even realize it was in uh, the voice recognition, you know, commands was enabled on was a, you know, if you have a Kindle, they now have um, Alexa on it. And if you don't turn it off, it's on because I actually had, I think I, it wasn't even my Kindle. I, don't know, so I think one of my kids' Kindles was in the room and I sort of said something to someone. And I heard it talk and I kind of was looking for where there was a voice and oh, no. I realized that you have to actually, you know, it comes with an enable. So it's, it's mm-hmm. something these, there's a lot of places that we can sort of be someone's eavesdropping on us. all the time. Right. 
kind of have yeah. to assess your your space you know so yeah I, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want uh, Alexa to be monitoring how long it takes me to read a book because uh, that would just be embarrassing. <laughs> Didn't you start this in January? Yes. Uh, <laughs> There's yeah. not a book I can't put down. Um, but uh, yeah, same same. I downloaded the New York Times crossword uh, app, and immediately I find them difficult. And immediately it started timing me. <laughs> okay, well, this is definitely being turned yeah, off. Yeah, everything's tracking you at all. <laughs> besides your besides your locks and your uh your lights, do you have do you control those from sort of uh, some sort of personal assistant like an Alexa or Google or not yet. Not yet. No. And I don't know if we will, but um <laughs> the place is no, not yet. But <laughs> but I but I'm having I'm having fun just just adjusting the temperature. Um, you know, that's really all we have. It doesn't have any lights or anything like that. But um I do I do see the convenience of that. Uh and my sister is continually uh, telling Alexa to add things to a shopping list, play music. And it's weird. It was weird when I would visit my sister and she would. I knew I knew what Alexa was, obviously, and I knew that she had it. But after, I mean, it took me a long time to stop looking around for for Alexa. I mean, she would just <laughs> talk to her as if you know she was the third person in the room. <laughs> it was a little spooky. And my brother in law is very uh, he's very savvy with technology, and he's got the whole place hooked up. Every every light, television, you know, you name it. So well, this 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 recording, if anybody they have to listen to it in their car or uh, on a set of headphones, because otherwise, if they listen to it out loud, their Alexa is going to be going nuts. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, I started accidentally with my phone, started dictating one time. I'm like, why? What? What? I could see what I was saying. It was it was it was transcribing it. Well, it's um, theory, theory. I guess I have an. I'm wearing an Apple Watch. Yeah, I guess I'm a. You know, I'm a walking contradiction. But I have. You know, my Apple Watch and or your phone will sometimes just say, "Oh, I didn't quite get that," and you're like, "I didn't say anything to you." Yeah. <laughs> I'm, well, not sure. I'm not sure. I don't what know. You're talking I, about. <laughs> Well, I think you, you you know, you have to be uh, familiar with this stuff in your practice. I don't think you're a contradiction. You're, 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 you're your own case study between this and your drones or your drone. Um, I know you're all over the place. I'm all for, I'm all for the technology. I think it's just really about consumer awareness. Like, you know, I know I have to change privacy settings. I know I have to turn it off if I want, you know, I've actually changed the wake word. On yeah. the but you know, people don't realize you can it doesn't have to be Alexa or it doesn't have to be Amazon, it can be some other word so that maybe it's a word you don't say or it doesn't sound as similar to what you might be saying during the day. So you can you can make these active decisions to yeah. you know use the convenience of the technology, but still sort of protect your space a little bit more. So. Right. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people know how to do that. So <laughs> I mean some people are still learning how to attach attachments to emails. Um <laughs> so um so the thing that kind of um, skeeves people out a bit is skeeves really a word. I think it is. I'm going to have to look it up. It's, it, it, it makes people nervous is that they seem to that not, they don't seem to, but they are always uh, listening um, all the time. Is that accurate? So they are always listening, but they're not necessarily recording. If that's a distinction for you, mm. um, they have to, they have to be listening unless they're in the disabled mode, you know, they have to be listening because it's always listening for the wake word. Right. Um, so that's kind of the distinction that all of these companies like, to, you know, they kind of say, well, we're, we're listening to you, but, but it's, nothing's happening. There's an algorithm that's like, we're just waiting to see if you say a wake word. Um, the recording part is after you say the wake word, but I think the part that gets a little bit, um, 
you said skeevy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use your word now. <laughs> is is if you didn't mean to say a wake word or you say a word that sounds like the wake word, but you're not intending for to use the device. Um, and you know, and then it's recording you. But um, so it's not it's not always recording. It's always listening. It kind of has to in order to function. Yeah. So so it only records then. It only records then once you've once you've told it to do something or asked it to do something. Right. Right. Yeah. And then where? Okay. Wonder where that's going then. I don't know if we can get to that later, but where's that recording going? Yeah. Well, it goes. So it goes to whichever you know, whichever one of these companies the device is connected to. It goes to their server, and then their algorithms are analyzing speech patterns, and then they're detecting words you're saying and. Um, I've actually found, you know, they have to comprehend different accents and, you know, maybe you different vocab, you know, my four-year-old can use it. And so can I, and we have very different vocabulary. He also thinks certain songs now, you know, are called, you know, this is the, this is the title, but it's really not. But now Alexa's learned that that's what he means because we've, you know, he might ask for, can you Alexa play such and such song? And I say, no, no, that's not it. And then I'll correct it. And it now knows when he asks for the wrong song to play the song that he wants. So it, it kind of, it's machine learning. It's some AI. And um, so it goes to, you know, whichever server that the company, you know, it's going to go and it's going to get analyzed and then it's going to push out, you know, a response or a song or put an item on your shopping list. But um, it's sort of a, it's like in a transcript form and how long these companies retain or, you know, whether they retain a recording versus a transcript, it, it kind of varies. And that's when you have to, as a consumer, you know, and you have to look at what the privacy policies actually say, which most people are not reading those documents. I mean, no. you know, um, I always joke with people read your, you know, read your Gmail privacy policy and see what it actually says. Like it's, they're reading everything that you write, you know, and that's not just, just Google, it's any email service that you're using. Yeah. Um, and so it's the same thing with these kind of devices. Like you kind of have to do some of your own uh, research and your own education to figure out, you know, do I have options? Are there are different settings and, um, but it's, it's really like, once you say something, it, it's recorded. I, I joke in the app for, um, for our devices, you can actually go back and see the questions you've asked. Sometimes I'll, um, I'll give my husband a hard time. Cause I'm like, you asked this question or, you know, like, right. why did you say it this way? Like you said, you, you know, and it's, he's like, how do you know that? I'm like, well, cause it's in the app. Which oh, questions that you asked? Most recently. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I'll notice it. So <laughs> yeah. That is skeevy. And I did look it up. It is in fact a word. It's uh, let me see. It's like, what does it say? According to uh, Miriam, Miriam, uh, morally or physically repulsive. (laughs) Disgusting. (laughs) What's that? It sounds pretty uh, accurate for what, how, what we're talking about. right? Yeah. (laughs) Sleazy is a, is a technology invading our, our home space. Right. The skeeviness. So that's what we'll call this the skeeviness of the, uh, of IOT. Um, so what, what's the risk, you know, um, some of them, this is weirding me out a little bit. The fact that you can see how your husband asked questions. <laughs> just yeah. Yeah, if, you, if you go into the app to add a device, the first, the page is like, here are the last few things that w-. most of them are play X, Y, Z song. Oh, right. You know, right. That, but that we use it for music a lot, which is another, it's a, easy way to do it um yeah the the risk i don't know i mean there's sort of this whole feel of espionage right i mean um i'll give you an example to sort of uh, you know so it's one thing if it's just annoying where you say a word that 
sounds like the wake word. And then, you know, the device asks you or, or responds to you or says, I didn't understand you. You know, that's one thing that's annoying. And you're like, okay, stop, don't turn off or whatever. But there was actually, um, there was a family in Portland, Oregon. This is a few years ago. They were having a, a private conversation and they said some word that sounded like Alexa and um, it began recording. And then with whatever they were saying, you can kind of have these devices do all sorts of things to send a message, call somebody. And it actually, the person they were talking about, um, they sent a message to that person and it was what they were talking about, you know, that not not very nice about that person. It never is their address book. So, um, you know, that's kind of that, that's probably pretty rare, like something like that would happen, but what if you did that? I mean, coming from working from home and you're an attorney, what if, you were talking about a client, I don't know. And they went mm-hmm. in your address book and then you, they got a message that you were saying these things about them, or uh, maybe it goes to opposing counsel and your right. strategy. I don't know. You, it, It's sort of this eavesdropping um, factor that we have to think about. And that's kind of the, the scary part, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's like, if you didn't purposefully activate it, it can, right. still, it can still happen. And it's, well, you're responsible for accidents and it does give you uh, another way to screw up. I mean, because it's certainly like the the reply, the reply all in email is always a scary one. And um, I've been on the receiving end of that. I've received documents from lawyers and I haven't a, a name, you know, maybe the, maybe the opposing maybe the, he was sending it to someone named Tom Hagen and, and uh, he was actually, I think the consigliere in the Godfather, but anyway, um, so I picked the wrong person, but then I would get these settlement agreements and things. And I, I usually know the lawyer and I said, you know, you sent this, I deleted it, deleted it. And they're always grateful, but um, so it's just, but I know there's responsibilities you said in the ethics, you know, you're responsible for uh, not being irresponsible. (laughs) (laughs) Accidents happen. And the other that that's sort of um, people think of that risk, I think, more than the fact that these the devices not and not just these personal assistants, but a, a smart refrigerator that you can make a list on, you know, that you can talk right. to or anything. Else. You know, they're hackable and they're more easily hackable because we don't think of them as much as, you know, our email, our email system, or we all log in VPN. Okay. You know, whatever it might, whatever that might be to make sure that no one's getting into our systems, into our data. You know, you, if, if you're connected to these devices in your home Wi-Fi network, but you haven't changed passwords and you came with factory settings. I mean, there's always the potential that, you know, a hacker accesses data through one of these devices because they're, they're just, um, you know, we take them out of the box and we just set them up. And that was sort of what we were just talking about um, with changing the wake word, like something as simple as that. You just don't, you just kind of take it out, plug it in and then move on because it's convenient. But looking at privacy settings, changing wake words, um, you know, changing um, the password, the factory, the factory settings is really on any of these devices on your smart stove, whatever you might have, um, you know, kind of take that step. Um, especially I would say devices that are in a space at home that where you're working, you know, it's higher risk. Okay. Um, let's see. So what, what kind of advice do we have for lawyers uh, when it comes to this? I mean, what, what sort of things that can they do to prevent these accidental disclosures? Yeah. So either don't have, uh, you know, any of these devices in your workspace, if you can take them out, that's what I was saying. we kind of had to, we, we did some 
changing stuff around or um, disable them, make sure, you know, you can even set it up so that it's disabled during certain hours um, and it will turn back on, you know, when you're, when you're completely done having maybe any confidential conversation Mm -hmm. Um, and looking at, looking at privacy settings, looking at um, privacy policies. If you really, you know, if you're interested in maybe as a, on the consumer side, before you purchase something uh, for a workspace, look at what they do with your data or, you know, if they're retaining it and if they're recording it and where it's going, but it's really just about educating yourself on the the device, whatever that might be and, and what that, what data they're collecting, what they're doing with it. So. Okay. Well, do you have different advice for lawyers as in their, in their role as consumers? Yeah. I mean, this is, I think sort of, um, when we think in the professional workspace, it's about keep, especially, you know, in the, the legal world, it's about maintaining confidentiality and don't break privilege, you know, but as a consumer, I think um, it can get even, I think um, it's a privacy is a bigger concern as to what data that you're going to give out to all these other companies and whether you want it to be. So if you think about it, um, you know, as a, so maybe professionally, we're not, we're not meaning to use those. So on the side of these devices, you're actually, um, trying to avoid using them when you're in your workspace. So that's one side of it. As consumers, we're using them. I'm talking about how, okay, I want to use it to turn my lights on and off. I mm-hmm. use it to play music. Um, so I want them to to record me and I want it to respond. And I understand it's going to a cloud. It's getting analyzed. Um, we don't think of that. We don't think of this data as necessarily personal information like we do when we you know, there's a data breach and my credit card is affected. And now, you know, financially, I'm like, okay, I want to make sure that that um, I get, you know, that card shut off and make sure I don't have any fraudulent charges. And we always think of personal information of stuff that's going to affect us maybe financially or be more of a hassle. But all of this data that these devices are collecting is also pretty personal, I would say, maybe not under the, the statutory definition of personal information, but um, what you say, you know, your voice, um, biometrics, you know, is protected. But beyond that, it, you can tell, is it a man or a woman speaking? Maybe the age of the person. Um, if there's background noise, maybe there's kids playing, dogs barking, um, construction noises or whatever it is that you're hearing. Yeah, you know? I don't know what I'm hearing. Um, yeah. <laughs> a leaf blower. <laughs> yeah, a leaf blower, right? They're like, okay, he likes, he has landscapers there, you know, right. whatever that it might be, these companies can take all that data that you don't necessarily consider personal under all these, you know, especially in the in the legal landscape, but it's a way to target, to do targeted advertising towards you. So it, it yeah. kind of builds this consumer profile. So how much do you want to give to these third parties? It's just something you kind of have to think out, think about as a consumer when you buy these things and put them in your, in your home. Um, You know, it's all data. I can't even imagine, you know, the files that are on everybody. Here's the consumer report. We'll call it of, you know, now we're adding, not only do we have spending from, you know, here's what they used a credit card to buy. Now it's like, Oh, in the background of, you know, but there was children playing and they were listening to some particular show. So we know that it gets right. like that show, you know, whatever. And again, we don't really know exactly what we're they're doing with the data. Cause it will sort of be, there's vague, you know, for business purposes and their right. privacy policy. Right. Right. So just, it, I think looking at the kind of comparison between as professionals, as lawyers, you know, we kind of want to keep these devices away from workspace as much as we can disable them. And that's sort of, one one side protect privilege 
On the other side, as consumers, we use them. So then it's just a, a privacy, you know, what do we want to give up by using the devices? And yeah. I gave you those numbers, the 10 billion to 22 billion. Yeah. And it's, so it's just increasing. So it's yeah. just a matter of, you know, being aware and educating ourselves and um, knowing before we kind of connect everything in our homes. Yeah, I think this uh, this whole notion, it, when everything began with the internet, that everything was free. I mean, at the time, I think we probably should have known if it's too good to be true. Probably is, you know. <laughs> as as my my daughter was trying to, uh, she was suddenly getting uh, what is it, robo spam bombed or something in her Gmail, and she called me. Of course, so I don't know why. <laughs> Dad, you seem to know something about this stuff. And I was like, I was just, uh, I said, you know what? Uh, probably just kill your account, right? So, uh, but then, you know, then it, it just it triggered all kinds of things. It's like, well, what do they know? What are they doing with the information? I wonder if couldn't I just ask Alexa or Siri? Watch your kick on now. Like, what do you what do you have on me? <laughs> what what have I said to you? Uh, what what information do you have on me right now? Um, I would love to be able to know that, you know, just tell me what it is that you have. Yeah. They'll give you back. That's like with Facebook, you can say, I want my data and then they'll give you back, um, something that's indecipherable unless you're a, you know, a tech per who can actually read code, but like, this is what we have on you. Here you go. Yeah, right. Pages and there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think that's part of that's in this space that, that I'm in, I think that's why we're seeing more consumer privacy legislation. Like, you right. know, you have California, but there's states, Colorado, Virginia, they're all following. Um, there'll be 50 different, you know, consumer protection and, until we get some kind of, if we get some kind of federal, um, you know, cause you have sort of the federal trade commission has certain, you know, no unfair or deceptive practices, but that's not like enough at this point because of the data collection. It's almost, right. you know, that's why these states are coming out with these, these laws that are really about consumer choice, um, awareness, transparency, you know, like the ability to permanently delete data from a company you don't want, you know, you don't want them to have it anymore. And you want to kind of erase yourself from that, which is, which is hard to do if you think about how many places that your data is, but it, yeah. it's, yeah. It's, I, I have, I have found people who have managed to keep their digital footprint footprint <laughs> really, really small. Like um, we would have FBI agents sometimes speak uh, at events and things like that. And naturally, like when I spoke to you, I went and grabbed your photo off your website. And so try doing that with a secret, with a secret service or, or an FBI agent. Some yeah. of them are very, very good. And you can't find anything, any bios. And, uh, and, and, and then in those cases, sometimes they said, yeah, I just don't even use my photo if you, even if you do find it, but well, well, look, Catherine, it's been uh, uh, a pleasure and frightening uh, to speak to you <laughs> about this. <laughs> and I appreciate also people don't realize you you do have a broken toe um, and you powered through. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> broken privilege, broken toe. <laughs> Perfect. Excellent. We've just changed the title. So Catherine, <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Emerging Litigation Podcast. I want to thank Catherine Radigan of Robinson Cole for spending time with me talking about the fascinating world of the Internet of Things. Once again, I'm Tom Hagee with HB Litigation Conferences. This is a collaboration between HB and Law Street Media and Fastcase. Check out uh, this podcast. Well, you're checking it out now because you're listening to it. 
hey, take a second to uh, rate it. You know, I'd like a good rating. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bribe you. That would be wrong. I'm not gonna beg you. That would be sad. But uh, give it a rating. We're uh, making good progress. What is this? This is epitode. epitode. <laughs> you don't get to rate my diction, however. This is episode. I'm gonna say 26. Yeah. Let me. Let me. Uh, oh, I'll be wrong if I'm wrong. There's a statement for you. You can quote me. Give us a rating. Let us know what you think. If you're interested in learning more about the podcast, have an idea for us, or if you even want to be a guest, write to me at editor at litigationconferences.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>